careers. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was a mixed type of market day that we saw, at least on the uh, grain complex. They switched gears to the livestock. I saw some mixed numbers there as well. But we've got some interesting factors that are going to be built in. Like, is there some normal seasonals? Is that what we're seeing right now as we head closer to harvest? And is there a fear that there might be actually some shorter numbers out there? We'll look at that. The Harvest South America numbers. And, of course, you got to talk China. Lots that we're going to take a look at. On the flip side, on the livestock, we had a cattle on feed report on Friday. Some huge packer margins. And those hog markets, really, we've seen a discount to the cash. We'll dive into all of that today as Don Rose joins us. He is with U.S. Commodities. So let's let's start out with the, the grain side of the trade, Don. And as, as we look at the trade, is there a seasonal? Is that where we're heading to some normal seasonals ahead of this harvest? Yeah, Susan, I think when you look at it on these markets, I think that's what we're trying to sort out. You know, last year we had a contra-seasonal market, and by that I mean typically seasonally uh, as we uh, get close to harvest, we start to come under some pressure as we're getting harvest down south, and then it starts to move north, and you try to uh, push the uh, grain into a storage situation or the end user buys it. So typically you have a a bigger crop that is trying to uh, find a home as we get into harvest, and uh, the end user, the uh, demand kind of waits until you get closer to harvest. Well, last year, a classic example of contra seasonal, just the opposite. The crop got smaller as we moved into the fall. The demand picked up more aggressively. Of course, it was Chinese buying. And this year, we we just got done filling the gap to the upside on uh, corn at 573 and a half. And now the question mark is, we've got a gap below the market at 477 and a half. Are we going to try and target some of these lower numbers on a normal seasonal and by that I mean uh, that the uh, end user and kind of waits a little bit closer to harvest to buy it and we think as we get into harvest so uh, we're trying to sort that out right now right at the present time uh, we are in a, a little bit of a seasonal slump seasonally uh, corn goes down from uh, August 18th to uh, September 18th so we're in that slump, and I think we're going to watch it to see, is the crop getting bigger, is it smaller? And it probably is going to be dependent on uh, the combine more than anything else as we go forward, Susan. So having said that, is there some fears, even though the Pro Farmer Crop Tour had some upticks in numbers in the back of the mines, is there some fear that those acreage numbers aren't going to be what's predicted? Well, I think when when you look at it, as far as the acreage numbers, it looks like even Pro Farmer on their tour, when they came up with those higher yields uh, and higher production numbers, they actually increased the corn production nine hundred or the acres nine hundred thousand acres uh, uh, on the harvested and uh, soybeans. They left about unchanged. So I think that realistically, that probably happens. Acres up five hundred to a, a million. Then I think when you talk about the yield, it's just a real toughy because we know that the northern plains, the northern corn belt, northwest corn belt has lower yields. I think the key is going to be, uh, do we get a finish in the eastern corn belt? It started to turn dry in Indiana, Ohio, parts of Illinois really need a rain, uh, particularly for soybeans, but I think uh, we need a finishing rain over there. So we're going to watch it. So you hate to say this late in the ball game that we're still uncertain, but I think that's where we're at. Um, with, but it does look like the, uh, 
balance table on soybeans is going to continue to grow here as their old crop carryout realistically is 160 million in the last report uh, for old crop carryout that in September 1 it probably realistically is 108 million as the crush continues to sink here. You know, you and I were talking, Don, a little bit before we started the Fontenelle Final Bell, that I've noticed a lot of grain bins going up on the countryside, and you made the perfect comment that a lot of these grain guys are holding their grain to ship to the winter. Is that kind of turning into the new trend that we're seeing within this grain complex? Yeah, I think it is, you know, inch by inch. I think the producer really doesn't want to uh, uh, take the grain to to the uh, to town and pay storage and uh, lose control of it, move into different locations. So I think with the uh, demand, both from the feed sector and from the uh, ethanol sector uh, and the crush sector on soybeans, I think the producer wants to have control to be able to ship it to where he wants, get the bids that he wants, so and control the uh, the quality. So, yeah, most definitely that's what's going on is, uh, you know, it gives a job for the winter, um, you know, to not sell on a wide basis in the fall, distribute your grain out over time, use your transportation and your storage to ship grain, give yourself a job. So I think that does flatten out the basis more. Uh, You don't have as deep a basis slumps as we used to have. Uh, Not that you can at times, but I think that that is the direction that we've been going, and I think we'll continue to go that direction. Uh, And it's good for the producer, actually, Susan. What are we seeing when it comes to the weather? I know that uh, weather focus has been there. And what does it mean right now for this crop? Well, you know, I think the one thing that we've had is the, uh, we don't, haven't uh, focused on a lot uh, recently because it had good moisture. But the last two to three weeks, the eastern Corn Belt, Indiana, Ohio, uh, even uh, Illinois is uh, turning drier. And they really need a finishing rain um, as I think the yields are probably going backwards just a little bit in uh, all three states. And, uh, you know, even in soybeans in Illinois, you can probably cut the yield five bushels an acre. You can probably add five bushels to it. You know, in the corn, you could probably go up or down uh, three to four bushels uh, just from test weights and uh, fill here at the end. So um, sometimes we think that it's, it's over when you get through pollination or through uh, deep into August. But I think there still is uh, some concern there. Now, the uh, northern uh, plains and the uh, northern Corn Belt, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, look like that's going to be favored rain, so might get a finish, uh, r- finishing uh, rains in those areas, so that'll be good. But temperatures certainly are going to be warm. So, um, you know, I think as we focus on that, Susan, we also are starting to focus on South America's weather also. All right, well, we'll come back. We'll take a look at what's been happening in South America and the happenings of this livestock trade as well. More is coming up. Stick around. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Don Rose. He is with U.S. Commodities. Left off, we're kind of hinting about South America, Don. You've got some great sources down there. What are you hearing about this crop and as they get ready for the next planting? Well, you know, it was uh, it was dry in uh, Argentina on the uh, winter wheat, and then they did receive some rain, so I think back uh, okay there. But when you look at Brazil, as we're uh, harvesting, they really begin planting there in the far north. So, you know, we're not that far away, you know, probably another uh, three weeks, and you're going to start to hear planting in uh, northern Brazil. Um, it looks like, again, Susan, you're going to see these acres expand on soybeans. 
Um, I think one issue they have is much like uh, we have in the corn here in the U.S., it's very expensive to plant corn now. I mean, they still have the same cost that we have uh, putting a crop in. Land values are cheaper down there. But So I think that's going to be the question mark, probably going to be an expansion of uh, soybean acres, maybe cut back a little bit on corn acres. Uh, but corn, remember, internally in Brazil is running over $8 a bushel yet. So um, it's going to be a jump ball there. But I think the input costs are going to be more soybean uh, acres the way it looks to us right now. Well, speaking of soybeans, is China getting back heavy into the market for both corn and beans? Well, you know, we did have rumors today that China was under 530 on December corn, that they were interested in uh, starting to source some corn smaller amounts. But back in the market, maybe we will see. Um, but soybeans, they have the last uh, 11 trading days. They've been in the market almost on a daily basis. So uh, I think that's the plus. Uh, that's what happened last year. China started buying soybeans. They bought a tremendous amount of soybeans between 9 and $11. So we expect they're going to be in the market. There, uh, no doubt, is, you know, when they buy 60% of our soybeans, it's just a matter of, uh, how how big they buy at what time and at what price level. So all eyes are focused on them. And they're watching our uh, production very close also to see if the yield is going to be bigger, smaller, and if the ending stocks grow. So they're watching uh, information just like all of us in the U.S. are. Let's switch gears and head over to the livestock side. Are we dealing with some um, huge packer margins for the cattle? You know, the packer margin, just it really is truly just unbelievable Uh uh, packer margins even today are sitting up around a thousand dollars a head. The packer only handles the cattle for a few hours, uh, where the feedlots, you know, of course we handle them for months. So, um, that's a little bit of a rub, but you know, the numbers have just been there that the packer's able to, he could even probably pay lower prices than he ha- has been paying, but we've been stuck in a 20 week trading range in the southern plains between 118.50 and 122.50. And I think the feeling is that today we were up sharply, and I think the feeling is that the cash market is going to start to make a move up right now, just as numbers starting to tighten from now into the first quarter of next year. So uh, it feels like the cash is going to try and start to push up here a little bit uh, in maybe this week. What type of reaction, your thoughts from Friday's Catalan feed report? Well, you know, I think, you know, the cattle on feed reports are so historic. You know, they're about a month old as of the 1st of August. But, you know, I think it's kind of a relief type of buying. A lot of times the the, uh, market fades the report a little bit. But I think this one says it's more of a realizing market that the numbers are going to shrink, that the demand's going to pick up. And so I think it was uh, uh, after you saw the numbers, nothing negative. So uh, gave a green light sort of some buying and some technical buying continues. You know, we're in contract highs in those uh, months, the back months, so that's a good sign. You know, bear markets don't make new highs. Are hogs seeing a discount to the cash at this point? You know, the hog market just continues in the same fashion. Uh, uh, The bullish thing, the positive thing on the hogs is the fact that the discounts are just so large to the cash. And I think the general feeling is that uh, the cash market is uh, trying to soften up right in here and eventually... It's going to try and uh, come under some pressure in the futures market. Feels like they're just on hold here. We try to rally, we can't. We try to break, we can't. We're just kind of waiting to see the uh, cash market, see if it actually is going to get a slump. Typically, Susan, this time of year, we start to see the numbers start to pick up. 
uh, slaughter numbers, and then we also start to see the uh, weights pick up as we get into some cooler weather. Now, we haven't had the cooler weather yet, but that should be right around the corner. You talk- so, um, you know, I think that is the focus. You talk of that pressure, though. What are we going to see price-wise, and how is that going to affect these pork producers? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, with the corn prices as high as they are, you know, buying feeder pigs, you know, in the next, uh, you know, the summer months next year, you know, your break-evens are up around 90, 92. So um, a, lot of, a lot of the direction is going to come from how you manage the uh, input cost on corn and soybean meal. And, you know, some of that is going to be focused on what happens with China. You know, China went from a year ago, they had about $300 a head margins, the farmers and their hogs, hard to believe. And then they went down to a negative 10, and they're sitting about uh, $15 a head profit right now. So, um, you know, big swings, uh, and we're watching China very close. All right, sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Don? Yeah, you can reach us here at U.S. Commodities in West Des Moines at 1-800-247-4071. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.